So we have been talking about transformation. Once we come to Christ, we're transformed, right? Unless we're the thief on the cross where uh, God transforms us and we're taken to heaven the day afterwards, we're left to be part of the body of Christ and become transformed. Romans 12, 2 will be, uh, if you're taking notes, you can uh, jot down the references. We'll be reading some of them. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but become transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I've mentioned already that if we have taken part in baptism, the symbol of baptism is identifying with Christ's life, his death, and his resurrection. And God renews us in mind, spirit. And last week, we had some thoughts on our body, <laughs> right? We have a hope of a resurrected body. Sharon Fong has a hope of a resurrected body. Lil has a hope. We have a hope of a resurrected body. But we had some, spent some thoughts, some time, that God has given us the Holy Spirit to resurrect our body now. Our body, and what is that? Christ's body. We share in God's resurrection. And where is Jesus now? He is at the right hand of God, and his body is us, the church. It lives inside of us. So Jesus is resurrected inside of us. We are resurrected. So it is this theoretical thing I'm talking about, but today we're going to put some flesh on it, okay? We talked about the bones of it, but the, this resurrected body of ours is you and I, the body of the church. We're connected. I'm going to talk broadly and then very specifically. The transformation of our lives is, not, is rooted in five key relationships. Rooted in God's love, we are connected to the vine, right? And secondly, being connected to the body of Christ that is one another. God wants us to inherit a transformed body as we are connected in the body of Christ, very much like life blood. If you have, if you uh, climb Mount Everest, if you get lost in the snow and get frostbite, right? There's no blood to your fingers and toes. What happens? You get frostbite. You get necrosis. It dies. We will die as well if we're not connected to one another. It is not only vital, but it's essential, vital, and eternal. We'll cover some of these things. Connection in the body of Christ is essential, not optional. Faith in God, in this religion, in the, fall, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, has fruit in community. What does James say? Faith without works is dead. All right? It has fruit in community. So I put up this stick figure uh, illustration that I found on the internet. As we come to Christ, believing faith, God, the head, is in heaven. But God places us, if he doesn't rapture us, if we're not the thief on the cross, he places us in the body. 
It's not only a vertical relationship with God, but it is a horizontal, a social relationship in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It's a key reference for today. It's not only connection in the body of Christ is not only important, it is essential. You cannot be a Lone Ranger Christian, not connected to the body. If you do, you become what the Bible describes as a Pharisee. Lots of knowledge, right? Lots of knowledge. The Apostle Paul, before he was, he was converted, was called Saul, right? And he boasted that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Everything in the law, he did perfectly, he boasted. So what happens? He becomes prideful in knowledge, but in relationship, he was poor, right? The story of the Good Samaritans. What good is all this if you do not have love for one another? You become carnal, a carnal Christian. Why is it that greater than 51% of marriages, Christian marriages in America, end in divorce? Why is that? It's because America are Christians in name only, in knowledge only, in history only. They have this, want a vertical relationship with God, but yet horizontally, it has not made a significant difference in their relationships. We have become consumer Christians, where we... Uh, Go to church for something interesting to say, to hear, a worship, to feel good, contemporary Christianity. COVID, I believe, definitely has separated the wheat from the chaff. You guys would know what that is? When they uh, harvested, you know, we don't farm anymore, right? But they, all the, all the, uh, the harvest, they, they used to get baskets and throw it up in the wind. And the good stuff would drop to the bottom like gold, and the chaff, all the dried stuff, the stems and everything, would blow away. COVID definitely has separated the wheat from the chaff, right? Those that were marginal Christians, like, uh, I don't know if I really need to be connected to the church, you know? I'll go for this, I'll go for coffee, I'll go for donuts, I'll go for the message, but I don't want to get too close to people. I don't want them getting into my business. COVID has separated the wheat from the chaff. So kudos to all of you who made the effort to come today, to come when things were like, uh, I don't know if I should still wear a mask or not, right? I don't know if I should sit too close to people. Good job to you guys. But we need to not be severed from the local body, the temporal, the corporal. Corporal means in the flesh. You know, where is God? Where is Jesus? I remember growing up as a young person here, not feeling the presence of God, sitting at the altar going, where are you, God? You know, I want to see you. I want to feel you. I want your presence. The presence of God is in the body of Christ. The church is the kingdom of God. 
It is believers are the kingdom of God. You and I are the kingdom of God. It is not a building. It is not a nation state. It is not a temple. It is not a synagogue. It is not a denomination. It is not a statement of faith. It is not a building. But the kingdom of God is in the hearts and faces of God's people. So, here's the church. That's not, remember that? It's in God's people. And local congregations are made up of God's people. In the Bible, the church is described in different ways that we have discussed as well. The body of Christ, which we're talking about today. The family of God. The kingdom of God we've been touching on. It's also referred to as the brotherhood in First Peter. Or the temple of God, of which we may uh, discuss in the future. And definitely we need to talk about the bride of Christ. This is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Being connected in fellowship in a local body. A lot of churches say, uh, church membership is not in the Bible. So... Let's, let's do away with church membership, right? Church membership is kind of a legacy of denominationalism, right? If, if you want to commit to becoming a Presbyterian, you go through membership class to be a good Presbyterian or catechism to be a good Catholic. This church had membership class as well, right? We used to have membership. When you have meetings, right? Members only can vote, <laughs> There, there's a, a, it's called church polity. It's the way local bodies are organized. But church membership, we're going to talk about a little bit today. It's not optional. It is vital. Faith and fruit in community is vital. This reference, you could jot down Matthew 25, 41. It is vital. Vital, vitality, life and death. Listen to this. Verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, that's Jesus, the end of time, all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne, and the nations will be gathered to him, before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He'll put his sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left. Then he will say to them, to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whenever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me and they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life connection in the body of christ 
loving one another. This is how the world will know you are God's disciples. How? If you love one another. More so in the church and to other people in relationship. This is how the world will know you are my disciples. So how do we do this? I propose if you get connected, spend your time in five key relationships, you are doing the will of God on this earth. You are connected to the vine. Number one, being connected to God. That is the vine, right? That is a source of life. That is our vitality. If we get connected to other people, like a social club, a volunteer organization, a community center, but are not connected to God, the source, it's just we are worshiping uh, humanity. We are connected to other people. Yes, sometimes looks the same, but our definite source is not people. And we could spend, uh, I think that's why Christian counseling is so important. <laughs> it's, it's, we don't have all the time in the world to talk about all the crazy making that we do when we're, uh, uh, look to other people as our false gods, uh, codependency, uh, control, manipulation, all the things that we bring worldly, uh, family of origin issues, family trauma, all these other things to relationships, all the things that we're healing from. So th this is, these are the vital relationships. Number one, being connected to God as our source. Number two, remaining in the body of Christ so we can learn how to love one another in relationship, in this horizontal relationship. Connection to the body of Christ is not, not only essential, but vital and eternal, as we saw in this passage. This is what holiness transformation looks like. It's not only essential and vital and eternal, I've shared with you, it's sad if we do not have support, accountability, and discipleship. There's so many uh, uh, illustrations. I think my video, or actually it's a song on the prodigal son, um, didn't work because it's copyrighted. But if you think about the prodigal son story, this lone guy over here, this lone guy over here uh, is in this far off land away from support at home, right? At home with the father and the brothers and the community and, and work and mentorship and support, all these things are at home. There's accountability when we are at home as opposed to isolated, being uh, guarded. 1 Corinthians 12, let's uh, talk about this a little bit. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, continuing to verse 25. The body of Christ, just as a body has many parts, it starts off, 
The body of Christ has many parts, okay? Its parts have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I put some recent names up there, and it's certainly appropriate to have testimony of how vital our connection in the body of Christ is. My Aunt Evelyn uh, lost her, they uh, got married, they uh, raised a family, and when the youngest of three boys, when the youngest of three boys just graduated from college, my Uncle Forney passed away. As soon as the youngest graduated, he passed away. And then my Aunt Evelyn was left, I don't know how old she was, late 40s, maybe early 50s, or something like that. Um, closed up the shop. They, they uh, ran the bait shop and uh, sporting store in Isleton for another year. And then uh, she said, what am I doing here, <laughs> right? My family has grown. My husband is gone, that period of life. There's nothing left for me here. I'm gonna move to Sacramento. She moved to Sacramento and got involved in various uh, um, uh, community organizations. She became an uh, avid bowler and bowled up until she was un physically unable to. And she became part of First Chinese Baptist Church back in the day. And she participated in the body of Christ. She admittedly wasn't a very religious person. She didn't, uh, <clears throat> she probably couldn't recite many scriptures or religious tenets, but she participated in the body of Christ. And that was vital for her, right? It was vital. Even talking with their extended family, they were, they were a little embarrassed, you know. Yeah. Cousin Curtis was going to come officiate the wedding. No, not the wedding, but the, the, the memorial service. And I was asking about her religious involvement. And they were a little embarrassed. Like, well, she, she only went there for social reasons, <laughs> is what they said. Okay? But that was part of God's plan for her. And it, it is for us as well. Some other names up there. <clears throat> we think of Pastor Ken and Sharon. Certainly, we don't know Sharon very well because she didn't, you know, they got married and then uh, uh, started their ministry in Los Angeles and Pasadena area. But Pastor Ken, uh, you know, their arc of their life, um, I'd say my, you know, my parents brought me here when I was young in Sunday school, but. Um, life outside of my parents' immediate family, you know, the, the, that social network started in junior high school with Pastor Ken's uh, youth ministries, very much like uh, some of you of a similar age. It started in junior high school. And this is where I met friends. I was the youngest of four boys. I did not grow up with sisters, but I truly had sisters in this 
local church. Stephanie, Rachel, Lynette, Linnell. Um, they're my sisters, my spiritual sisters, but they were my sisters in a sense growing up. And now let me talk about Lil. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, <clears throat> just two weeks ago, Lil Wong was with us upstairs. And I'm so happy that uh, we were part of her life, right? We were part of her sharing. We were part of her sharing every week what she did in small group. Um, we, would, we would share after church. And her joy of, I got to see, with, with Lil's sweet, uh, I don't know if I know another person as sweet and as gentle as, as Lil Wong, right? The way she talked, the way she listened. We talked, about lis we talked about listening, you know, not interrupting each other, listening with emotion and feeling uh, that we practice. Lil Wong was a wonderful listener. She never interrupted others speaking. She never uh, invalidated what she had to say, right? She never debated with you. She never had to be right, whatever we were talking about. She was a wonderful presence. She was a sweet, wonderful soul. We need to be connected to the body of Christ like these examples. We need to not be in the habit of not meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, right? We need to grab those. All of you are faithful. We need to grab those that are on the fringes, on the fences, and encourage them like iron sharpens iron to show them that this is where food is. This is where life is. This is where we love one another. This is how we fulfill our great commission as we become followers in Christ. It's not meditation. It's not mindfulness. It's not even spirituality or isolationism. For the him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, or life's blood, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And there's the accountability part. We not only find support in the body of Christ, one another, but the accountability to truly connect with one another, to not be on the fringes, to not just sit and soak and not be not to know or become known. Not to know or become known. And that is the goal in the body of Christ. This is God. what God wants to do with you and for you, is to know, for you to know God and become known each other. To know and become known. And we do it in church with each other. We share each other's lives. We risk a little bit, okay? <laughs> we risk. And if you've 
been part of our small group, you know, I think it's pretty easy to build safety by maintaining, committing to each other with strict confidentiality. And if a small group are sharing, you know, uh, this church used to have a history of sharing our joys and concerns in, you know, public worship, which I don't think is the greatest idea. <laughs> uh, public things are fine, but, you know, who wants to share your deep, you know, struggles in a public forum to have them put on the prayer chain and repeat it over and over and over again, right? But some of us are made for prayer partners, okay? If a small group isn't for you, it's important to be accountable for, to one another. As we die to our old net nature, our selfish nature, where it's all about me, we are reborn in this body of Christ to serve and to build up the body in maturity. There are other bo uh, body of Christ metaphors, or the body of Christ is a metaphor, but I think of our church potlucks is a great metaphor, a great example of everyone brings a little something, a little flavor, puts in a little work, a little love in their dish, and guess what? We have a feast. I love church potlucks. A restaurant service. Those of you that are fans of Gordon Ramsay and uh, Mission Kitchen Impossible or Hell's Kitchen, you look at all the work and the moving parts of a restaurant to have a wonderful service, right? A wonderful experience. It all comes together when each one does its part. When the meals aren't late, the appetizers come out on time, right? And, and the dessert hits just right at the end. The example of a symphony, right? Not The example of a symphony, harmony, right? The beauty of that, that we hear and feel viscerally. The example, this is how the body of Christ should work. Getting specific, we've talked about these metaphors, the body of Christ. This is how God resurrects us in community. This is our extended family in the local church. This is the reason for a local church. The average church size is what? You know how big? Less than 100. The average church size in America is less than 100 people. Congratulations, you guys fall squarely within that less than 100. Uh, Mark, but this is the local church because we are not omnipresent. We are not, you know, we can't be everywhere at once. Uh, COVID, you know, broke down some of those walls, right? Where some of us were on Zoom and we could see each other face to face. Even Lil talked about that of when she wasn't able to see her grandkids, they would FaceTime a lot and be connected with each other. But still, you could see the joy. That was, her, that's, that was the joy uh, she shared every week when she was able to visit not only her grandkids, but being around family. So talking about family, that is our extended family. And not, of us, not a lot of us have a lot of extended family. And, you know, don't feel bad about, about that because our extended 
our biological families morph and change, don't they? They change. They, they change. Like I mentioned, my Aunt Evelyn was a perfect example of that, right? She had the three kids, a husband, a business, a family, sports activities. I'm sorry. Three sons and a daughter. So they had four. That was her life. That was her purpose for so many years. And then... They all graduated college. The youngest graduated. Her husband, God, in his providence, took him away. And she had to reinvent herself, and God provided a path. So bringing this home, the extended church is our extended family. And I like to say the small group is our corporal family, our family in flesh and blood. This is where God's body is. Here's my, all my slides are like a sermon within a sermon. <laughs> so the four C's of the body of Christ, the four C's of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the community, Right? We know people in different churches in Sacramento, in L.A. If you uh, have taken part in the GEMS conferences, the Japanese Evangelical Mission Society, or the summer conferences, the largest Asian-American conferences, probably on the, maybe the largest, one of the largest, on the West Coast, the young kids could meet high schools, other Christian Asian-Americans from all over the West Coast. I still have friends in Seattle, Washington, Hawaii, Los Angeles from GEMS conferences that I went to. That is the body of Christ. But we can't share all our life with each other. One of my best friends from this church that I got really close to in college age times, um, we have been best friends. We call each other our best friends. But he moved to the Bay Area, and we still kept in contact with each other. We'd see each other a few times a year and pick up where we left off. And he has become a friend for life. However, our life uh, uh, arcs, you know, and family diverged a little bit. A little bit. And we could not, I found out that I couldn't support him in the best way that I could, and he couldn't support me in the best way he could. And it was kind of a loss, a disappointment. And I had to realize that that relationship didn't really change, but we, it, it wasn't everything, okay? He was in the Bay Area, and I was here. And so it's important to commit to a local group of people committed in a relationship. And this is the last point I want to make today. We talked about church membership. That's kind of an overarching thing. But committed in relationships to know and be known beyond your nuclear family, which is, uh, you know, we think is static and forever, but it is dynamic. 
Being baptized, possibly, is a sign of commitment. Being baptized in a local church, in a group where you're initiated, committed. So I don't think this song is going to work because I think it's copyrighted, but we'll give it a go. Um, in the story of the prodigal son, the father is calling, watching, waiting, beckoning his children to come home. So think about um, your commitment in relationships, in God and with each other. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this local body of believers. It is an example of your risen uh, kingdom that was prophesied in the past, came in the person of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and his glory and his victory over sin and even death, God, is evident in the presence of believers, where Jesus has said, where two or more are gathered, I will be there in your midst. And God, we thank you for being in our midst. Pray that you illuminate our minds and open, endear our hearts to your love and grace in our lives as we build our foundation on you, the vine in our lives, our lifeblood, and help us to be accountable to one another and not neglect meeting together so that we, God, can fulfill your great commission to love one another. In your son's name we pray. And God, all God's people said, amen.